and we are live. JT here, welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are tuning in live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation, remove any distractions and get laser focused on the here and the now. And my guarantee to you is you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. Uh, we were just giggling offline before we came on that, you know, the beauty of life and how this is quote unquote work, but, you know, we just get to sort of bless others with our silly conversations that we have sometime and just bring more awareness to all the amazing work that she is doing in this world and how she is choosing to show up as a strong and powerful leader. My guest in the huddle today is a great friend. Uh, she is also currently serving as a district football coordinator with Football Ontario, specifically in the female development side. And two, she recently transitioned into the programs manager with Football Ontario. My guest in the huddle today is Emily Todd. How are you today, Em? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am feeling blessed. Uh, before we get kicked off, I really just want to thank you for joining us today. One of my daily practices that I often remind myself is to count your blessings. And some days I do it better than others, but like anything, it's a, it's a practice, right? And through practice, you get better at it. So I'm a firm believer that the biggest blessing you can give anyone is your time and energy. So just want to thank you again for uh, choosing to invest some of your time and energy into being here with me and our community today. Of course, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And as you're talking offline, this is number 100 conversation. So you talk about, you know, just celebrating these moments. So again, thank you for being guest number 100. Of course, thank you. Okay, so let's get kicked off, pun intended. You know, one of the reminders that I often like to just you know check in with myself is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious, what is an interesting fact? I had a coaching colleague that said, hey, we all have our, our own quirks. We all have these things that make us unique and different. What, what's an interesting fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know about you that you'd be open to sharing with our community? Sure. Uh, this is something actually I don't know if you know about me, but it's how I got started in 
sport in general. Um, so people obviously know me now, my passion for football and how much I love being involved in football. But when I was three years old, my parents put me in dance. So I was in ballet from like age three to 11. So I did competitive ballet. I did like groups. I did solos. I did trios. So that was my first kind of four way into sport. Um, I was even in a production of the Nutcracker too. So I was like pretty seriously into it. And then I stopped at around 11 or 12. Um, mm -hmm. I also grew up playing soccer, played volleyball at school. And then in high school, I was on my high school swim team. So just sort of like a mixed bag of sports. And then mm -hmm. I didn't actually play football until I was in university and I played for my uh, residence intramural flag football league just for a season. But mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's quite a transition from ballerina to football <laughs> fan and enthusiast. My parents are kind of like, how did that happen? But yeah. happy it got me here, obviously. <laughs> well, it's interesting. And as you share that, it just reminds me that one of your gifts, again, is this openness to opportunity, right? Opportunities to learn and grow. And it's interesting how that passion for sports started off as ballet and then, again, got you into a number of different sports and here we are, fast forward a few years later, and it's sort of manifested into this, this passion of football. And now, you know, you've created these opportunities to be the common content leader in the football space. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So I'm curious, uh, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life. I'm curious, is there one lesson that when you think back that you find you've really taken away from sport that you still find yourself applying to your life today? I think there's definitely a lot of lessons, but the first one that came to mind is to trust yourself. Um, I think that's something I've been able to apply to any of the different sports that I've gone into. So trust yourself in taking risks, I think is probably a good lesson. Like I think back to when I joined swim team in high school and it was just a walk-on team, but I did it because, you know, I was going with my friends. It was something new. It was going to be fun. I always liked swimming, but I'd never done it at a competitive level, mm -hmm. but in taking that risk and trying something new, I had an amazing four-year experience with my high school swim team. And it was with some of my best friends and I got, you know, really strong from doing it. And it was definitely like a good workout and a good sport to be a part of. Um, mm -hmm. And I have like really good memories of being on the team. And even though you're racing by yourself in the water, you're still a part of a team. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something too, I applied when I started taking more football opportunities is just trusting myself and taking those risks. So, you know, getting started with Western football as a volunteer, I just kind mm -hmm. of said, you know, this is something that I really want to do. It's kind mm -hmm. of a risk because I didn't have a ton of experience working in football, but I was just really passionate about being in that space and helping out any way I could. Mm -hmm. And it led to, again, amazing opportunities and ultimately led to where I am today and us having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really big takeaway is just trust yourself, trust your passion and take those risks because it leads to so many more opportunities. Mm, and I love that. And what I really heard from you is around this idea of like courageous action, right? And it, it takes courage to take focus action towards your goal, right? Or your vision or, or, or whatever, you know, a brighter tomorrow. And what I love about what you shared there, it's acknowledging that when you embark 
you know, and you gave the example of, you know, at first going out for the swim team, mm-hmm. there are feelings of quote unquote fear, right? That just make you feel uncomfortable and it just, it doesn't maybe feel right, quote unquote, but it's interesting how you choosing to, to look and, and really embrace those feelings of fear and then moving into taking courageous action that you actually were blessed with, again, uh, you know, some great lifetime connections with friends, this experience of four years of swimming and all these opportunities just to continue to develop yourself as, as an athlete and just explore more. So I, I love that simplicity of courageous action. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, so I'm curious, you come from a background in education. So I'm curious, you know, courageous action seems simple enough but I even think that how we connected here, right? You had to throw your hat in the ring and take courageous action and apply to be a district football coordinator like just under a year ago, right? What, is that something that, you know, came easy for you to throw your hat in the ring? Or is that just something like trusting yourself? Was that something that was just developed over years of, you know, reps and sets? I think it's a combination of a couple things. Like I still obviously get nervous going for new opportunities or trying new things. Um, But I think I've just become more confident in my abilities, but also, again, it comes back to risk-taking. Like it's, I'm just kind of like, what's the worst that could happen? Like if I apply for this position, worst that happens is I don't get it and then it's okay. Um, Or, you know, maybe I get an interview and then I get that experience of having an interview or making new connections that way. And then again, if I don't get it, I still, you know, gain something from it. Like I learn something about myself either through the interview process or I make connections with people through that. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of become a little bit easier for me to take those risks or take that courageous action. Cause I just mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> just thinking like, what's the worst that could happen? Like I meet someone new or something like that. So there's always something positive that comes out of it, even if mm-hmm. it's not the result that maybe you want. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and what I really heard from you again, the ability to reframe. And it sounds like the process of reframing is you asking yourself a simple and powerful question. Like, yeah, what's the worst that could happen? And, and it's interesting that you just say, hey, at the end of the day, I'll meet someone new. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Now with that ability to reframe, is that something that you know a great coach or a mentor had helped you understand or is that just something that you naturally do I think it's probably become something I naturally do um but again I'm trying to think of this in like a sport context um so I'll put it into the context of like a football season so like everyone goes into the football season with the ultimate goal of winning the championship whether that be community level high school level university level everyone's working toward a common goal And I think I first saw this in my first experience with Western uh, Mm -hmm. when we lost in a Yates Cup game and just everyone's efforts throughout that entire season. And then you lose it in one game in the matter of 20 minutes or whatever, Mm -hmm. however that happened. And I think obviously the first couple of days, you're really upset. Everyone's in a little bit of shock because their routine is different, but then you learn from it and you grow from it. 
So then going forward in the off season, you're like, okay, what were the mistakes that we made? What are some things we need to change? So again, it's taking that as a learning opportunity, even though it's not obviously the outcome that everyone wanted. And it takes a little bit of time, but then you can say, okay, we learned this. We can apply this next season. We can make these changes. And then you end up coming back stronger because you learned from that experience. I love what you just shared there. And there are two things that really jumped out at me. One, I heard that Nelson Mandela quote, I never lose, I either win or I learn. And you could see that, right? Like the quote unquote loss, you didn't lose. You just had an opportunity to, you know, there were some great things you did. There were some opportunities of what you could do better moving forward. So I love that. And, and what, I, what I really love from you, and it just reminded me of a few conversations I had from uh, some former alum on that team, whether it's Mackenzie Ferguson, you know, Stevenson Bone, and they just said that they took away from that and it helped them actually be more focused and bought into the process in the offseason. Like it was almost like, okay, we saw what we don't want. It's not happening again. And it's funny how it then led to, you know, a Vanier Cup, right? In 2017. So that's yeah. awesome. It's definitely a motivating factor too. And then again, to pull it back into like job opportunities or interviews or things like that, if you get feedback and it says, okay, maybe you need to work on this. Um, I even met someone a couple of weeks ago in an interview and she was talking about how she went for um, a coaching opportunity. And they said, you know, you were a really great candidate. Unfortunately, you don't have, you know, enough coaching opportunities or enough coaching experience but then she went out and sought those opportunities so again it's a learning experience so getting advice from someone about how you can be better or how you can be better suited for a position and then actually taking action on it so that's again something I really like to see from that specific person as well yeah I love the intentionality of your words there you know we have you know I, I'm a firm believer that you know words are power and it's interesting how we've been led to believe that it's about criticism, constructive criticism, where, like you said, what if it was just constructive feedback, mm -hmm. you know, and, and taking that, you can take it for what it is, and then you get to decide whether you take this feedback and, and, and grow from it. So I'm curious, uh, your, it's been amazing, right? The more I've come to know you, uh, not only in a professional sense, but just, you know, becoming a friend and being able to watch you become the calm and confident leader you are, the strong and powerful leader you are. I'm curious, what inspired you to dive into developing the women's game, whether it's flag, whether it's tackle, like what, what, what really inspired you to become involved in this iteration, this adventure in your life? Um, so I'll chat a bit about my football journey, I guess, and how I got into it, especially since, like I said, it started from ballet and became <laughs> football. Yeah. Um, so I became more of a football fan in high school, just starting going to more of my high school games and getting a better understanding for the sport. Um, my uncle coached at Guelph. He was the offensive line coach. So I started going to those Guelph games and supporting them. This was obviously before I went to Western and I was like, I'm going to go to Guelph and become a Griffin because I love the football team and then realized that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But just spending more time around the football community, I really started to develop a passion and a love for it. Mm -hmm. And then I played for a season at Western for my uh, residents just on their flag football team. And 
you know, just the friendships I made from that and just being able to actually play the sport. I really loved it too. Um, and then a couple of years later at Western, I was looking for an opportunity to get involved within the community. And luckily my uncle made a really great connection with coach Marshall and said, Hey, this is my niece. She's crazy about football. Like, please give her an opportunity to do something. <laughs> and I was just so willing to be involved. I'm yeah. like, I really want to be on the sidelines, just helping out like anything you don't want to do. I will take that on just to be involved and again, be part of the team, work toward that common goal. Um, and then from there, once I left Western, I was still involved for about a year, just commuting back and forth to go to some practices and games on the weekends. And they still invite me, which is amazing to be on the sidelines and to see the coaches and to be with the team, which is just, I love that. It really um, represents a sense of family and community with football that even if you're not necessarily still directly involved they still want you there they still think mm -hmm. of you as part of the team which is amazing um so and after that I applied for the uh district football coordinator position with football Ontario and it was a focus on women and girls and that was something new for me I only had one experience playing with girls and other than that I didn't have a ton of experience with girls football um, so I started supporting the women's tackle team last year, our U18 team O. And honestly, at the beginning, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I'm like, women's tackle, like, I don't know what that's going to be like. I was really excited. They asked me to be the general manager. I was like, sure, you know, I'll send emails and do kind of the admin work. And then going to our first ID camp at York. I saw the talent of some of these girls, like their speed, their strength. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all in like that moment, seeing some of these girls who ultimately made our provincial team. I was like, these girls have skill. They are mm -hmm. strong. They are like, they can compete. I was just amazed. And it wasn't until I actually saw it in person and saw the talent that we had in Ontario from you know, a girls tackle football perspective. I was like, Hey, this is why I need to do this. Like to create more opportunities for girls, um, to create more programming for girls only teams, whether it's tackle or flag. It was, I loved it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I remember that day because I think it was one of the first opportunities where we actually got to be in person Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was amazing. Cause you could like, when I reflect back, I could remember that, I just remember seeing you like take courageous action, dive right in. What do you need me to do? And, and you were just totally, when I think back, I think that, yeah, I remember, I, I, I remember thinking she's all, she's all in. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I was taking pictures of the coaches running drills and yeah. you know, like timing again, just whatever they needed me to do. But I was like, this is amazing. Even yeah. though freezing it was raining but the girls were like sweating like they're all into it and yeah some of the girls at that very first id camp were on the team so even just to see their progression and to see like my relationship with the players develop mm -hmm. um, like from that very first id camp and then to see them make the team and go to nationals and bond with the other girls and you know develop friendships for life that was mm -hmm. that's why i do it that's why i want to continue doing this mm -hmm. i love that and it's interesting, like what you share, it just reminded me of this belief that many people have that I need to see it to believe it, where really in order to do anything greater in your life, you really need to believe it 
and then you'll see it. So, so I'm curious for you, you're obviously someone who's very passionate. Like I, again, I love just the theme of our conversation, like do what you love, like that embodies you like, yes, opportunity. Yes, let's go. What has been the moment, would you say in this process beyond York where like you really started to see the belief of what's possible, especially as we grow? Cause you know, in football care, it is too right? One of the missions is football for all. Was there that one where you really start to see, oh, oh like people are becoming believers of this and, and they're starting to see like we're only scratching the surface of what's possible. Was there a moment throughout this process? Yeah, I think at the women's national tournament in Regina. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, we had our first ever U18 women's national tackle tournament this past summer in Regina. We played at Mosaic Stadium. So to see the girls, and again, Timo consisted of girls that had never played tackle football before this tournament. So for that even to be possible, to see them, you know, all come together. And we had a travel horror story trying to get there with like flights canceled, flight delays, like losing luggage, like through everything to see them finally make it onto the field at Mosaic Stadium, a huge stadium amazing and their first ever opportunity to play tackle football is in a CFL stadium was incredible like I get chills thinking about it I was I was standing on the field I'm like this is amazing Mm -hmm. Um, and just to see that opportunity grow and continue you know we had five provinces compete this past year so hoping that we can get even more next year and just even more girls involved um, would be really amazing. It's interesting how hearing you describe what that was like, like sending that chills down here. I still remember the picture after that game where like, here's, this is historic. This is the first U18 women's tackle team that's ever won a game at a national tournament. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing that picture and I just think back to it. That all started by you taking courageous action to throw your hat in the ring to become a district football coordinator. Like, you know what I mean? That belief that, Hey, I, 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 I'm deserving of this. I, I belong here and I, I can help and serve. And it then manifested, you know, eight months later with that experience. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I remember applying for the district football coordinator position and I wasn't a hundred percent sure on what it was. I was just looking for my next opportunity to be involved. Yeah. Um, I just finished helping out at a high school, just doing their social media and like making a website for the team and that sort of thing. And then um, I got in touch with Brooksy, who we both know, and he said, yeah, "Yeah, you can apply for this, go for it. And I didn't really know what it was, but I remember getting the call from you. I was at school working and I'm like, (laughs) find a quiet place to talk to JT. This is the next opportunity for football. And and I was describing it to my family and friends. They're like, so what do you do? Like, I don't really know yet, but we'll see. And then yeah, to think that it manifested into me being at the first ever women's tackle tournament in Regina, like that's, yeah, it's crazy to think of that journey and to think that one opportunity led to, again, our conversation today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. And, you know, it's, it's, as you remind, I still remember getting an email uh, from Brooksy just saying, hey, Emily's awesome, like advocating for you. And it's funny that, as you said, shared that you talked about your uncle, Coach McDonald, advocating for you with Coach Marshall. And it's really interesting that, 
you know, what has helped you get here is, again, your love and, and passion to help and serve others has allowed you to create these deep connections where people just want to, you know, I've seen it. I've seen how people just want to create opportunities for you. So I think it's, I think that having people willing to take a, you know, uh, go to bat for you and, and speak about how awesome you are, I think it's a testament to, to who you are as a person. So I just wanted to take a moment just to acknowledge that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Something else I just, that this just came up when you were saying <laughs> that is like, now I have like coach Greg Marshall as one of my references like for me, like just obviously my passion for like Western football and football in general, having yeah. coach Marshall on my resume. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Like, I love this. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, you know, we're, we're in an interesting time now where there is more opportunity out there, right? You, you think even from whether it's women's tackle, right? We just started, you know, we're seeing those, not only the first national tournament, but now you're seeing the league start to come in at a provincial level. So you're starting to see more infrastructure and, you know, you're starting to see the growth of flag, like flags exploding, right? You see the Olympics in 2028 and, and all these things. Like what to you is the next step if we truly want to really grow this game and, and provide more opportunity? What would you say is kind of something that's maybe missing in the past, but we could address moving forward? I think we need to create more programming for girls and just specifically girls programming. Um, I was going through a membership list for Football Ontario and, you know, I've reached out to a few clubs and they say, yeah, we have, we have co-ed. I'm like, that's, that's great that you offer co-ed, but we do need the programs for girls only football. And I saw this at a community level a few months ago when I went to a flag futures day here in Burlington. And it was just a day to come out and try football, learn from some coaches, some foundational football skills. And I had a small group of like seven or eight girls. And I was just, you know, teaching them how to throw, catch, just some very basic skills. And they had so much fun with it. And there were, you know, a bunch of boys, different ages all around us. And I said, do you want to go try with the boys? Do you want to join in with them? You can show them what you know. And they said, no, we really like just having our girls only group. Okay. So it's great to have co-ed programming and it's great to involve girls in that. And I admire the girls who go out for their high school football teams and are like the only girl on the team and play with the boys. I could never do that. Again, growing up playing soccer and ballet, it was always like that girls only you know, kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And not to say that you can't do those co-ed programs as well. I just think it's important to have the opportunity for girls to be with other girls, mm -hmm. to connect, you know, socially, to connect, you know, athletically. Um, it just, for some girls, it creates that safer space for them too. Mm -hmm. And in taking a couple of courses through Canadian women in sport, you know, I took a keeping girls in sport course. And part of the problem is we don't have enough programming for women and girls specifically. So that's one of the reasons why girls tend to drop off sport at around like 15, 16, mm -hmm. either because of lack of opportunity. So I think in creating those opportunities, it creates a safe space for girls to participate. Mm -hmm. They feel included. They feel like, you know, they have their own team and they can make connections that way. Mm -hmm. I, I love what you're referencing. And I know that that's some of the conversation, you know, you and I have been having, we've been having with many of our football Ontario leaders is this idea of safe sport, right? Is, you know, I think it sort of, it's more this idea of like meeting people where they're at. Hey, that's great. If you feel like 
okay, co-ed, like great. But we also have to acknowledge that at the end of the day, if someone doesn't feel calm and confident ready to do co-ed, we need to create a pathway for them to be able to, because really if they're not saying yes to participating, then essentially it's a hope for a wish. So, mm -hmm. so I really love what you're sharing is just giving people the freedom of choice, right? Free will, choose mm -hmm. how they want to best participate, engage and learn. Yeah. I like too what you said about confidence. Like, again, that small group of girls that I was working with, like I saw them develop really quickly in the matter of like four hours that I was working with them that we had mm -hmm. this little like football try it day. And they became a lot more confident, but even at that point they were like, no, we'd rather just stay with the girls. We're not at that point yet where we want to compete with the boys mm -hmm. because, you know, I know girls and boys obviously develop differently, but they're still, you know, the typical boys tend to be a little bit more aggressive and outgoing. And especially mm -hmm. in a football space, mm -hmm. I think, you know, for girls to have their own space, that's really important for developing and growing the sport. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the other benefit that I was talking with uh, Olivia Ghosh on this, right? When, hey, you know, at the end of the day, a strong and powerful athlete, you know, regardless of, of how they identify, is a, is a strong and powerful athlete. So many of the same qualities cross over. And I love that when they see strong leaders such as yourself, you know, Olivia, you know, Coach McIntyre, right? It, it's one of those where it gives them hope because without you even saying anything, they see, oh, okay, they're a little bit, they have a little bit more lived experience, but you're essentially just by you being there, even in, Regi in, in Regina, they saw that, oh my gosh, I, I could maybe create a pathway. I could maybe someday be a GM, right? Of, of chemo. I could be a coach of, of chemo. I could, you know, so, so I just love that. Again, it's, you have to show people that other people feel best represent them just for a brighter tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. A lot of girls on our team, the Timo as well, our U18 team, they said, you know, we wish we had this opportunity sooner because they said growing up, they never had that mm. opportunity. You know, again, quite a few of them played on their high school teams and played with the boys, which I admire. Like that's something I could never do. I would be terrified of getting tackled, but it's amazing that they go out and do that. And, you yeah. know, that shouldn't have to be their only option, I think, to play. Like they were so grateful to have that opportunity to be with other girls and yeah. you know, just connect and like share that common experience and interest that they had. Mm -hmm. So, so you said something interesting, you talked about programming and I think programming is another thing. It's being able to offer opportunities, but then it's also being able to continue to develop, you know, strong and powerful leaders such as yourself, whether from an administration standpoint, whether from a coaching standpoint, uh, what, what would you like to see happen? Um, because I'm a firm believer that what you invest your time, energy and money into says what's important. You can say opportunity is important. But if you're not providing opportunities, if you're not investing your dollars into it, I, 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 in a loving way, say, okay, put your money where your mouth is. What, what, uh, what would you like to see happen? Like what needs to be provided from a programming standpoint, whether it's from the team club organization, the PSO level, the NSO level, like what just needs to be provided for so we can continue to develop strong and powerful leaders such as yourself? I think it really starts at the grassroots programming, which luckily is one of my 
focuses coming into this new programs manager role. So even just having more of those opportunities like our futures days where people can come out, try football, learn some skills, connect with other people who are interested, connect with coaches in the community. And I think that would be a really great place to see more female coaches as well. So either people like myself, just to like connect with the girls and connect with them on, you know, like a female level per se, to see people like yourself or like Erin who have an interest in growing the sport for women and girls, that would just make them feel a lot more comfortable and safe as well. So I think having those opportunities where people can just go and try it. And then that as well shows the coaches in the community that there is a demand or there is a need for girls only programming because if you get you know more and more girls out to these sessions they say okay wow we do have a lot of girls in our community that are interested in playing Mm -hmm. and then the second part is developing coaches so again tying it back to the canadian women in sport programming um i took a gender equity lens training like i said and then the keeping girls in sport and a common theme in both of them is how you need to coach girls a little bit differently. Like their drive is different than boys. Like boys typically is like, I need to win at all costs, but girls coming into sport is like, I want to build relationships. I want to build confidence. I want to, you know, become athletic and I do want to win, but there's just Mm -hmm. other motivating factors there. So I think Mm -hmm. something we need to work on at a football Ontario level is training coaches. So giving them that training, giving them those experiences so that they're ready to coach girls only programming. They understand the motivations. They understand how to engage them and, and keep them in sport longer as well. Mm. It's interesting that because you share that, what I really heard from you is, is what we often talk about, you know, win the effortless, win the effortless way. What is that? By being empathetic, by being understanding of, you know, what is it that this person, the athlete you're coaching, what is it the coach wants? And then also understanding, meeting them where they're at, and then also having that, you know, sort of patience to be able to really take the time to figure out you know, what is it that you need from me to get you to where you want to go. So mm-hmm. it's interesting how that small little opportunity allows you to build deeper connection and that actually helps you to, you know, really truly help and serve others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Moving forward, uh, as we go in, in the short term over the next year, again, you, I think I just think of your journey. It's crazy how quickly life can can transform. What would you like to see happen? We're having this conversation a year from now. What would you like to see happen moving forward? Um, I think I would love for our programming list for Football Ontario to include more girls' opportunities. Again. This is really relevant because I just went through our list a week ago to see where they all are. And the majority of them are in Ottawa, which is amazing. So Ottawa in Ontario was really ahead of the game in terms of having like girls tackle, girls flag, just more opportunities for girls only programming. So I'd love to see the rest of the province catch up to that. And again, it can start at a grassroots level, like I said, like having, you know, a region Um, having those days where girls can come out and try football and you can of course combine it with you know co-ed and boys programming as well just to grow the sport in general but I think that's a good place to start so a year from now I would just like to see more places have whether it be girls flag and you know girls tackle is it's challenging to start it you know trying to sell it I think to parents and to the community and then funding for equipment and things like that flag I think is a little bit easier to get started 
Um, so even just having girls only flag opportunities and then developing from there, I think that would be really great to see in a year. Yeah. And I love how you're, again, you're just creating some choice, right? You know, some are going to feel ready to fully go all in mm-hmm. on tackle. Some might feel more, again, calm and confident giving flag to go. Or, you know, I guess the educator be always goes, how cool would it be if we found strong and powerful leaders such as yourself to go into these elementary schools and lead, you know, a, a tri-day where, you know, we just introduce, you know, we focus more on big picture, gross motor skills, long-term athlete development, like agility, balance, coordination, and we start teaching those up there. And then I'm thinking that's really how you get people more aware about and really just more open to possibility. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of involving schools as well, again, because of my educator background, that's kind of where I want to start. And something I was looking at doing this year is having our TMO girls do a presentation in their schools about football Ontario in general, but then also Mm -hmm. the opportunities for girls, because I find too, something we struggle with. And I know we've talked about this, talked about this with Aaron too, is how big Ontario is, how widespread it is. So trying to spread messaging about programming that's available in certain regions or even like team Ontario opportunities that's something we need to I think get better at and I don't know Mm -hmm. how to do that but my first thought was to get the girls that had the experience the girls that were on that first team to share their experience get their friends out you know tell them how great the coaching staff is tell them how great the experience was and then sort of start building it that way as well. Yeah, and what I really heard from you was one, it's bringing greater awareness. Now, I think even something, our announcement of the U18 staff, right? That's bringing more eyeballs, more awareness of what's there. And then two, it's that consistent messaging, you know, for, you know, I'm thinking of myself, you know, serving as director of sport, just, okay, what do you need? What do, what do you need, Emily, to, you know, get the word out there? You know, I think to our coaches, what do you need to find the, the, the women that you want to coach that, that this could be a great opportunity for, right? Like, yeah. What do you need from me to get you to where you want to go? So mm-hmm. no, I love it. Okay. Uh, so I'm curious Ed, if anyone, if this conversation has piqued someone's interest and, you know, they want to learn, maybe, maybe it's an athlete or parent that wants to learn more about, you know, possible programmings. Maybe it's a coach that, Hey, I want to get involved. I want to start helping in some capacity similar similar to what you were like a year ago like what what would be the best way for people to get started what's that simple uh focus action they could take um i was gonna say i was gonna say reach out to me if you need any help because again you know we both like to help and serve others and we tend to help so um i think connecting with myself on social media or through email, however, would be great. Um, following football Ontario as well, because we do yeah. post often throughout the week. So that's a great way to stay connected, I think. Um, and even, you know, you were saying about social media and like spreading awareness. Um, I was sort of helping out the U18 women's tackle teams for the fall, just again, to like raise awareness, tell people in their communities that these are happening. And just a quick like Instagram post, I think really goes a long way because then people share it, they get the word out that way. Um, so I would say connecting with people through social media is a really good one. Um, yeah, that would be a quick, simple action you can do. 
Love it. I love it. So well, I'll be more than happy to share your different social media handles, your Football Ontario um, email in the description of you know, the podcast, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's uh, on YouTube or on the audio. So I'll be sure to share that so people can connect with you. I love it. Just reach out. Throw your hat in the ring like you did, right? Just reach out. I'm more than happy. I get a couple emails a week about, you know, where programming is. If someone says, you know, I'm in Hamilton, like what are my options? Like we have access to all of our programs list in Ontario. So more than happy to help out. Like I love doing this. I love that I now have a job in football. So I will always be happy to reach out and help out anyone however I can. Yeah. Well, you definitely are where you belong. So uh, and I, I really want to take a moment to acknowledge you. I want to acknowledge you for the great human being you are, right? The, the great daughter, the great partner, just the great teacher, coach, mentor, but more importantly, the, the amazing human being you are. The one thing that you always inspire me is just, again, your, your love of helping people is just so pure and it's just it, it just radiates out of you so I just thank you for reminding me about what this game of life is really about it's about you know using your gifts your talents your abilities to serve the hearts of others so thank you for just being a shining light in my life of course thank you I feel the same way anytime we chat I'm always smiling and I feel so good after so thank you yeah hey great reminder law of vibration like attracts like right there you go <laughs> <laughs> so folks here is uh, my reminder to you. Emily dropped so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly in the game of life. But like anything, knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So my challenge is to you is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom that Emily shared today and go apply it to your life today. And as I remind you every time in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. And my only ask from these conversations is if this touched your heart, if it resonated with you, then please share it with a loved one, a friend, a teammate, someone that needs to hear it. The more people that we have learning about and understanding and applying these simple ideas in their life, the brighter the world will be. So as always, I love having these conversations and I look forward to seeing you next time in the huddle. Have a blessed day, rest of your day, everyone.